Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is so important. It's managing culture in a remote working world. Certainly the state of the times for sure. I am thrilled to have our expert today, Cindy Tomzak, and she's going to talk about this important topic. Cindy has a long career within mortgage banking. She presently has her own coaching and developing company. She has been with Wells Academy, has done everything in mortgage. So we are thrilled to have her. Hi, Cindy. Hey, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Well, this is an important topic, and I can't wait to get to it. But before we do that, why don't we talk a little bit about how did you get into mortgage banking and how did you get into managing? Thank you. It's a great question. You know, I I got into mortgage banking because I got laid off from a job, and my sister-in-law was working in the industry, and she said, hey, we're looking for a processor. That's the role I got started in over many, many, many years ago, 30 some years ago. And certainly in the industry then and a little bit sometimes now is that it's either sink or swim. There wasn't a lot of training. And so they threw me into the role and I stayed in that role as a processor for really top producers for about an eight year period. And then from there went on into becoming a loan officer. I just wanted to make more money. And so I became a loan officer and from there became a producing branch manager. And then from there became an area manager in the great state of Nebraska for Wells Fargo. So that's how my mortgage career got started. And that's how you got into managing too. It sounds like you went it from is. the typical uh, producer component into the uh, to the managing side of it. So not surprising. So talk about your current challenges in your role that you have now. You have your own business. You're doing coaching and development. Why don't you talk about that? You bet. You know, I, I left the industry, oh, uh, it's been about 16 years ago, had a life-changing event and really took a step back and really came back into the industry, transformed myself. I loved the mortgage industry, but truly my passion, even as a, my whole life, even as a manager, was helping people and impacting people to, the, to be the best they could be for themselves and their business. And so I got certified as a coach, and that's how I started my business that I'm doing today. And I think one of the biggest challenges that I see today, well, certainly just as a coach, is that really getting personal development, a seat at the table. I see in, in our industry, and certainly not just in this industry, but I, I see in the industry that we're great at providing great technology training, product knowledge training, really those hard skills that we, you know, you need to do this job. But one thing I don't see enough of is truly, how do we develop the person that's behind those hard skills? How do we, where's that investment? So I, I really think that that is one of the biggest challenges is to be a spokesman and an advocate for having personal development at the table in regard to the, the mortgage industry. Well, that's a really great comment, and I definitely agree with you 100%, but for sure, it's been an industry issue for lots of different reasons. But let's talk about what's been your biggest surprise in 2021. 
I came away away from 2020, right? Really watching people pivot. It really became a word that I I used often, and I think that 2021, absolutely in the mortgage industry, we saw such pivot. Not just in the industry, everything about our lives, and what it showed me really was the the sustainability, the just the a, people being able to be persistent and to change. And so many people who don't even like change were having to change and pivot at such a fast pace. And I, I honor those people in our industry just because of the fact that between mass volume, having to stop everything and move and go home, right, and work from home and serve our clients and take care of the volume that was going through, as well as all the personal choices that had to be made and the business choices that had to be made. It's really been something to sit back and, and coach people and watch the companies and individuals pivot throughout the time frame and certainly seeing it now again going right into 2021. It's even a, a, a different pivot of almost now looking at it going back to what we would call somewhat normal. Right. Really good point. So how do you keep yeah. on top of everything? So again, this is an industry that requires you to be current, to live in the past isn't going to work. So how do you stay yeah. current? What is, what is the way that you handle your own personal yeah. development? Yeah, you know, that is a great, a great question. I would say that being a coach, my coaching skills are, are, updated every time I coach. Everybody I coach teaches me something. They're not only teaching me the coaching, you know, how to be a better coach, but they're also teaching me of where the challenges are uh, in the industry for those in sales, for those in leadership. So just their, their challenges, their opportunities, the shifting of technology, that in itself brings a learning to me. And then from my point, I then invest in, you know, going to conferences for my own knowledge, uh, understanding technology, digging deep into CRMs and into mortgage coach and the different technologies that are out there for social media, uh, videoing. So really engaging myself. If I'm asking a client to engage themselves, I'm learning also to find out about that information. And then certainly around leadership, right? We have a lot of leaders that, you know, when you're, when, <laughs> when people are making a lot of money, sometimes it's a lot easier to coach them and to lead them as leaders when they're making money, it stirs up its only problems. But I think also being on top of what leaders are experiencing as we shift and go into possibly an, another, dynamic of, of the industry and managing and and leading in times of higher rates is a whole different ball game so just honing my skills on i listen to you pat <laughs> i listen to what you put out there you know you're my peer so really engaging with my peers other coaches leaders and attending conference or industry specific trainings sure. to be on top of it 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad you said that because even if sometimes I think people think that if you're a consultant, a trainer, or a coach, that you're reliving the past. The good coaches are not. And the good trainers are are current. So that's a really good point, yeah. Cindy. Let's move to the real topic today, which I thought was such an important one, and why I wanted to to get your thoughts is that culture. I hear this a lot, especially since many people are still remote and the managers having to remote uh, to manage people that are remote and don't look like they possibly are coming back even this year. And so how do you maintain a culture? I hear that over and over again from managers. Why don't you share what you think? Yeah, you know, I, I really think that the question on so many leaders' minds today is, you know, to what extent will remote work persist, you know, be, be part of after the pandemic? And I think it's it's a conversation that's very much, you know, in in every meeting that that is happening. The conversations I'm having with leaders today are mixed all over. Uh, many of them are some of them are saying, you know, we're we're going to go right back to the way that we were, and everyone is an in in office uh, workforce. Other people are looking at a hybrid, right? Uh, some are remote, some in office. But I think the challenge that comes with that question and the conversation is I hear also from leaders is, but how do we retain and sustain our culture with those that are working remotely? And so, you know, looking at that and really understanding that culture just isn't built or isn't created under brick and mortar. You know, truly culture is really about the workplace in itself and the, the people, the people make up the culture, certainly the mission statement, the leadership, all of those make up the culture. So I think it's a, it is a, a way that we have to look at just really what you just said, Pat, about even educating ourselves and staying in the old way. I really think that everyone is going to be looking at where have we been, what do our people want, what do we want, and how do we create something that can engage people in the culture that we stand for. Define how, what that is, and then we can talk about what that means for managers. So let's start with the yeah. culture side. Yeah, you know, culture, you know, it's a mix of a lot of different things. It's a mix of your, the leadership, the organization's leadership, what the values that people stand for, traditions, beliefs, you know, the attitudes, what, you know, the, the, the face that you want to put out there and, and are the people engaging in that face of the culture. So, so culture is made up of a lot of different things. It's just a matter of, I think it's something leaders have to look at what is our culture? What do we stand for? And how did we deliver it and make sure it was in existence prior to the pandemic? And then how are we going forward to make sure with a change of our workforce, you know, to keep it in get people engaged in, in the in culture? 
So when you look at it, Cindy, from the standpoint of culture being defined as the way we do things, or is culture really the employee value proposition? We're going into a market where, again, it's difficult for people to find good employees. And so, and I think that's going to be a trend line going forward. So if you haven't really defined culture by saying what the employee value proposition is, really how can you start even discussing culture because you haven't even gotten to the first step? What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree with you. And I really think that this pandemic really pushed working remotely to a level that we've, none of us have ever seen. And so to define culture and to define your, your employee value proposition, that might look different going forward than it did in the past. But truly, I, I think it has to be a combination of not just the leaders sitting in the room and determining what the value is, but also getting input from your employees to combine and to create a culture that encompasses, includes everyone you know, in the workforce. Let it be that they're remote or that they're sitting in the office what is the culture today? What do they stand for? So, you know, that that's just what I look at as far as employee, prop, you know, looking at what is the value. I think it's got to come together where leaders and the employees should have an input on creating what that culture looks like going forward. So when you look at the current situation where a lot of times lenders define culture from what you're really, or the employee value proposition as really being a function of turn times. And that really isn't culture. That That's that's a mechanism of how fast you can close a loan. But when you look at a lot of the way companies do define themselves, it ends up being turn times and how much comp they they can pay. So they're really not addressing this culture. Is that an issue of that they don't want to address it? They don't know how to address it? Or is it just that the industry has really developed itself into turn times and how much comp you're paying? I think it's measurable, Pat. I think that when you bring up, you know, turn times, compensation, productivity numbers, all of that can be measured. I mean, you you got spreadsheets, you got you know everything that's that's monitoring that, right? You you can measure those skills. I think culture is made up of when I say it's made up of the people, you know, it really comes back to then really looking at the culture of collaboration, the culture of of engaging your employees, not just one on one, but engaging them and collaborating across all the business platforms. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that has been made with remote working is that that collaboration. How do how do you create the culture of a unified, not just the measurement of the success of what you can measure, but how do you measure collaboration? How do you measure engagement and solving problems across the business platform versus it just focusing on production numbers or the bottom line of things that are hard, hard skills that can be measured. So when you look at the culture dilemma, does it really dive into the issue that in mortgage banking, 
most of the managers go through the route of being really producing manager. Therefore, they really are a salesperson more so than a manager. And so if culture becomes an important driver of success within our business going forward, regarding attracting people and retaining them, doesn't that imply that the manager at the first line level needs to be of a much higher skill set than just being a good salesperson? It's something that our, I've seen in our, right on, Pat, just bingo, right on. And it's something I've seen in this industry over the last 15, really 15 years that has really shifted that, you know, most of our management in, you know, or producing managers in this business are top producers. And having been a producing manager and a top producing manager, <laughs> you are either wearing a hat to produce or you're wearing a hat to manage. And what tends to happen is the production gets the most important, you know, that that's where the focus becomes because that is also their bread and butter. But so is to me when you take on the role of a manager that is also then to help those people grow at a level that report to you and i think it's missing and i think you hit it right on is the skills uh, upping the skills upping the skills or reskilling those that are in the in the management role to absolutely tie in to the culture that the company is is has created to roll out and if that includes people then how are our managers skilled to coach someone to communicate properly to engage collaboration to you know work with peers across the the company not just in sales but ops in in all levels of the of the of the business so i i think it is a true opportunity that needs to be looked at as to if people are our greatest asset pat then what are we doing to retain and to keep and to grow leaders for future of this industry well, I agree with you 100%, and we only have a few minutes left. So would you like to share some tactical strategies for our listeners today regarding installing a positive culture? Yeah. You know, it, it, it really just comes down to engagement. You, we've just sat really siloed, all of us very siloed. And some of the best things that you know, leadership can do today is even if people are remote or they are in office is get them together, get people engaged with each other over and above a pipeline review or a sales meeting, get them involved so they can learn and they can understand the difference, you know, the difference of, of their peers, their strengths, and then have them help them to create a, where collaboration and engagement and inclusiveness can come in to get to inform together. That's just one piece. I think also leaders absolutely, you know, uh, engaging people in surveying and or having conversations around what does this look like going forward? You know, there's a lot of, of leaders that are, you know, adamant, everybody comes back to the office. I think, Pat, that 
we've seen where we have a certain, certain group of people in this industry where they are very comfortable working from home. And you got other styles of people in this industry that need to be customer faced. So what does that look like? Because I think retention and recruiting are going to absolutely be centered around the culture you have that engages people to be able to work remotely and in office. Well, they're really great words of wisdom. I certainly appreciate your comments today, Cindy. They were terrific. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And we are certainly grateful for your spending time with us. Thanks so much, Cindy. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at pshirlock at qfsconsulting.com.